0: Luke chapter twelve. We're going to look at. Don't you like the Christmas holiday season? I, I like it. I think it's enjoyable. It's nice. Got that, you know, Christmas season. Everybody seems to be somewhat happy. You know, a lot more people take tracks during the Christmas holiday season than any other time. So I hope that you'll do that again. Don't forget, there's those new tracks that are out there. Those Merry Christmas tracks. I'd encourage you to grab some out of the. Uh, track holder there and again just say Merry Christmas and hand it to them and they'll, they'll read it. appreciate the ones that went out and did the track distribution at the Lawrence Parade as well as the Topeka Parade yesterday. Thank you for doing that and again getting the gospel out. Luke chapter 12 this morning. I want to read just a few verses and get us started this morning. Look at your Bible now. Verse number 42. Jesus is speaking here. He says in Luke 12:42, 42, and, and the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their me- uh, portion of meat in due season i want you to just look at that first phrase verse 42 it says and the lord said jesus said who then is that faithful and wise steward i want to talk to you on that thought this morning uh, and I want to answer the question. Jesus answered the question. We're looking look at Jesus' answer. Who is that faithful and wise steward? Let's pray together and ask the Lord to speak to us. Heavenly Father, we stop again and ask for your blessing on your word that you would speak to our hearts through it. Father, maybe not just read it, but Father, would you can speak to us? Help us, Father, to understand, Lord, that we are that steward, that servant, Father, that we're supposed to be for you and that one day we'll stand before you and hopefully hear well done that good and faithful servant. And as, again, as you said, steward here, Father, may we again be conscious of what you've given us to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, the word steward in this particular passage actually means manager, overseer. It's the idea of a servant leading servants. And so again, it it has many applications as far as what a steward is. Church family, we talk about being a good steward of what God has given us, whether financially or physically. And what we're saying is, is that we are the manager, the overseer of what God has given us. Now church family, application I think is really simple. All of us are stewards. And uh, we're stewards in a lot of different areas. If you're a parent, you're a steward. Those children you have... God gave those children to you, all right? So again, we can talk about the steward being the man of God as far as being a steward to the, to the people of God. But truthfully, when Peter asked the question in the previous verse, and we'll look at that in just a moment, he was, Jesus was telling Peter, hey, listen, we are stewards of what God has given us. And many a time, we are the manager or overseer of other servants. But we're all servants, a servant over servants. Now, with that thought, I want to read just a few more verses with you. Look back at the very beginning of the chapter, Luke chapter 12, verse number 1. The Bible says this, it says, in the meantime, verse number one, when there were gathered together, how many people? Innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto who? All right, now, again, we won't need to read the whole chapter because I want to get to the thought this morning, but think about this, an innumerable multitude of people are there. Now, I want you to just imagine for just a moment, the auditorium is full. All right, now tonight, this morning, it's not as full as I'd like for it to be, but praise the Lord, you're here, amen. But let's pretend for a second, every seat in the house is full. Let's pretend for just a moment the balcony is completely full. Let's pretend that there's people sitting on the stairs on every, uh, every row of each, of each stair. Let's pretend that we had to fill the choir loft this morning, and it is completely full. Let's pretend to even go beyond that. Let's pretend that the stairs at the altar, that there's people flooded uh, on these seats here as well as over there. And here you have Jesus. Jesus is speaking. Now think for just a moment here. You would think Jesus would be speaking to the multitude, but he does not. The Bible says there's an innumerable multitude of people there, but then the Bible says he turns and speaks to who? He's talking to the disciples. So Jesus' message is specifically to the disciples, and he's allowing the multitude to listen in to his message to the disciple. All right? Now, if you've got a red-letter edition Bible, you'll notice that most of it's red-letter because Jesus is the one speaking uh, these words here. But just me, I want you to jump down now down to verse number 35. Verse number 35 says this, Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And who's he speaking to, by the way? He's talking to the disciples, verse 36, And ye yourselves liken the men that wait for their Lord when he will return. Church family, who is going to return one day for us as Christians? Jesus Christ. So the parable is a real simple picture. We're the servant looking for the return of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Look what he says next in verse number 36. He says, And ye yourselves, like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those, what? Servants. Servants. The picture again being the believer. Whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find, what? Watching. Watching. Now, church family, what is the Christian supposed to do? The Bible says they're supposed to look for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're supposed to get our light, uh, get up this morning, and one of the first thoughts we should, should have had is, thy kingdom come. The very first thought we should have had is, the Lord could come back this very moment. How many is ready for the Lord to come back? Say amen. amen. All right? What a Christmas present that would be. Amen? Look what he says next here. He goes on to say in verse 38, and if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them, uh, so, find them so watching is what he's saying. Blessed are those, what? Servants. Servants. Verse number 39, And this know that if the good men of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore, what? Ready, Ready also for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when ye think not. Church, are we in agreement that we, no man knows the day or the hour? The Lord can come back at this very second. Hey, all the plans you have for the rest of the day or for the coming week, or even for Christmas, would be null and void. Why? Because we believe the Lord could come back at any moment. Trumpets going to blow, shouts going to be given, come up hither. The dead in Christ arise first. We which are alive remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the air. We look forward to that, to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, if I go, I prepare a place for you. Aren't you glad the Lord's already prepared a place for you? He's got your mansion prepared in heaven, amen? And the Bible says that we're going to be with him forever. Now, quickly, look at the next verse, verse number 41. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? All right, now church family, how many people are standing there when Jesus is talking? And in what? Innumerable multitude. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Innumerable multitude. Who's Jesus speaking to? To the disciples. Now, Peter stops him after this parable. What parable? The Lord went away to a wedding. He's coming back again. He's going to come back for his servants. And the servants are watching and waiting for the Lord to come back. Blessed are those servants who are so doing. So doing what? Watching for the Lord's return. Then Peter says, Lord, is this parable for us or for them? Am I correct so far? Now, I want you to notice that Jesus does not answer Peter's question directly. He answers it indirectly by giving another parable. That's the parable we're looking at now. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 42. It says, And the Lord said, here's the answer to Peter's question, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, talking about the steward, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. All right, sure, so let to stop for a second here. We'll, we'll run here quickly this morning. But I want you to think about Jesus' answer to the question. Jesus, is this parable that you just gave about the servants watching for the Lord to return, was that for us or for them? Jesus answers his question by saying, hey, <clears throat> there's this uh, steward, That is taking care of things for the Lord. And uh, he said he's giving them, giving the other servants their meat in due season. If you don't mind just to refresh so that we're all thinking correctly. Look at verse 42 again. And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Now church family, this is easily applicable to the pastor and people. But church family, Peter was not a pastor. Peter was a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus is trying to get, tell Peter that God has given us all a household. Family, we, talk, we talk about this, is it uh, uh, Galatians 6, 9, talking about um, uh, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. We would refer to the congregation as a household of faith. But your family, God has given all of us a household. a If I can say an area of responsibility of people that we're supposed to be feeding. Right, are you with me so far? Amen. So this is not just talking about the pastor in the church. This is talking about the steward, which is the servant of servants. What is a steward? A steward is somebody who oversees, a person who's overseeing a household, a, dis- a distributor, a manager. Church, I mean, listen, God has given you something to oversee. If you're a parent in here, God's given you a family to oversee. If you're a Sunday school teacher in here, he's given you a class to oversee. If you're a bus captain or a bus worker in here, he's given you a bus route to oversee. All of us has been given areas of responsibility in our life. And some of you, your area of responsibility as a householder is your job. The people that God's, you say, well, some of them are lost. It's still what God has given you. And God expects for you to give them their meat in due season. Are you still with me? Say amen. So what is the meat? Well, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 12, it talks about the meat of the Word, talks about the Word of God and how we are fed spiritually from God's Word. But here's the thought this morning I really want you to catch this morning. I want to be that faithful and wise steward. If you would like to be a faithful and wise steward, say amen. amen. That should be all of our goal, is that God would say you are a faithful and wise steward. Now, what makes us a faithful and wise steward? Jesus is going to spell out what makes a faithful and wise steward? Now, a young person, this morning, you say to yourself, "Pastor, I'm not a steward. I'm not a servant overseeing servants. That's what a steward is—a servant." By the way, we're all servants. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you the so one thing that God hated in Revelation number two and chapter number three. Actually, Revelation number two is God hates the uh, doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Nico meaning the people, Laodiceans. I'm sorry, uh, Nico meaning conquer, Laodiceans meaning people. God hates the idea of conquer the laity where man is here and then other man is here. We're all servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's given us all different gifts spiritually and God's given us different opportunities spiritually, but we're still all servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. So God says that as a steward of the Lord, a steward as a dad in a family, a steward as a mom to her children, a steward as a teacher in her class, a steward as, as a, a, whatever that ministry or that opportunity, a steward of that person at work, whatever those if household, that opportunity that God's given us, God says, what's your responsibility? To give them their meat in due season. Now listen to me, church family, we're in the Jesus is the reason for the season. And that's not a Bible verse, but you did well, all right? Jesus is the reason for the season. But you understand that in this season of our time, December, people are more op- open to the gospel than any other time. There's a season that we say, give a gospel track. Everyone, say, say Merry Christmas, and they'll, they'll accept the track. There's a season for that. And I want to tell you, there is a spiritual season that God uses us to give meat in their due season. When you have family altar at the house, and you sit down with your children, and uh, in our family altar right now, we've been uh, doing, reading a couple of verses a piece. We're reading through chapters right now. Sometimes I go through one of the booklets that I've done. Sometimes I'll do a, a story. Sometimes we've done question and answer. But right now, we sit down, and we're reading through uh, some chapters, and so that each of us read two verses until we get to end it. Now, can I just tell you that those times that you're giving meat, that's a due season, when you're having a family altar at the house, when you're discussing a Sunday school lesson at the dinner table, when you're talking about something in that child's life and you're bringing a spiritual significance of what does the Lord's will to be done in your life, what are you doing? You're giving meat in due season. That's what are mean. me all of us are stewards of God and you've got the meat. You've got the meat because you've got the book. Amen. And because you've got the book, we're supposed to share the book. We're supposed to share the meat in due season as a servant to servants, as a steward of God. Now, quickly this morning, if we're going to have God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And as this is the answer to Peter's question, he said, faithful uh, and wise steward. How am I going to be a faithful and wise steward? All right, all of that to say this. Let's look what Jesus says. This is what makes a faithful and wise steward. So who's a faithful and wise steward? Look at your Bible now. Look at verse number 42. Here's what the Bible says. If I'm going to be a faithful and wise steward, Jesus said, and the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward? When uh, whom his lord shall make ruler over his household, two I circled the word two. What what is the goal? What is the job of a faithful and wise steward? It's to give them their portion of meat in due season. Verse forty three. Blessed is that servant whom his lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Doing what? Giving them their meat. In due season. Now, church chairman, can I tell you what Jesus said made a faithful and wise steward? Number one is this: a faithful steward is one who does their job. What's your job? It's to give meat. I think I hope it's elementary. I think it's pretty simple. Jesus is answering Peter's question, and Peter's saying, hey, listen, are we supposed to watch like everybody else is supposed to watch? He said, Peter, you're supposed to be doing more than watching because I've not just called you a servant. I've made you a steward. I've made you a servant of servants, and as a servant of servants, here's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to give meat in due season. Amen. You're supposed to find ways to give the gospel, find ways to share the word with others. Why? Because I'm a servant of servants. And as a Christian, all of us are a servant of servants. And how do we do that? We give the word of God. I'm not going to turn to it, but Matthew, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14, talks about that we should not be dull of hearing and that when we should have been teachers, we need the milk of the word again. And then in the very next verse, he says, but some people don't just need milk. He says they need meat. What meat? Those who have their senses exercised Regularly, as in other words, the more you put the word of God in, the more you can give the word of God out. So, as a faithful servant, how do I do that? I take the word of God in, I give the word of God out. And if I do that, what happens? Well, he says very clearly, what's the first word in verse 43? What's going to happen if you do what your job is? Blessed. Blessed. You're blessed. Do you understand that when the Sunday school teacher got up during the Sunday school hour this morning, after spending an hour or two or three or four trying to figure out what God wanted for that class, and then they got up and they spoke the Word of God, not, not, not just an illustration, not just what they did this week, not what they're doing preparing for Christmas, when they shared the Word of God, they did their job, God blessed for it. Do you understand that while we're in here, there's a junior church going on right now, I think Brother Mark Nearing, is he in that class? Brother Mark Nearing is teaching the junior church as we speak right now. And he has prepared a lesson for those junior, junior kids. And as he gets up, it's not the game. It's not the verse token. It's not the song. What's, what, is, what, what he's being blessed for is by giving meat. By sharing the word of God, God says, I'm going to bless you for that. True family, when's the last time you gave a gospel track? When's the last time... You shared your faith in Christ. When's the last time you shared a truth that you got from the word of God with a spouse, a friend, a family member? Can I just tell you, that's giving meat in due season, and that's what faithful and wise servants do. They share the word of God. I want to tell you something, there's so many Christians that are so shallow in their faith, they couldn't share something spiritually because they're not taking in anything spiritually. You can only give out what you take in. So as you take in the word of God, I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a steward, a servant of servants, I share with other servants what God gave me. Amen. What's God given you? We, God, of course, has given us his word and we need to share it with others. So what is a faithful and wise steward? A faithful and wise steward is simply somebody who just does his job. Amen. Church family, what's your job? It's to give meat in due season. Quickly, I want you to see what else Jesus said was was a faithful and wise steward. Not only is a faithful and wise steward does his job, look at verse 45. Verse 45 says this, but and if that servant, what servant? The steward, the faithful and wise steward, verse 45, but and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his what? Look at verse 46. And the Lord of that servant will come. Aren't you glad he's coming? He didn't say maybe, hope so, think so, probably, will come. The Lord's coming back. But look what he says in verse 46 again. I'm sorry, verse verse 46. He says this, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him. Can I just tell you something? I feel like that Jesus' answer to his question in verse number 42 now, remember, there's a question mark at the end of the verse in verse 42, and I know it's a long paragraph, but the first part of his question was this. Who then is that faithful and wise steward? I want to tell you who that faithful and wise steward is. A faithful and wise steward is a person who does his job. What's his job? To give me in due season. What is a faithful and wise steward? A faithful and wise steward is the person who's looking for his Lord to come back. What does a faithful and wise steward do in verse number 45 a person who's not faithful and wise, what does he do? Verse 45, and, but and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming. And then in verse 46, when he looketh not for him. Do you understand a, a person who's not a faithful and wise steward of God is somebody who's not looking for the Lord to come back. That's what we're supposed to do every day of our life. He could come back. And again, we hope for that. But sometimes we, we, we say it, but we're not thinking about it. You know, the thing about the motto of prayer, is, is as a Christian, you don't want it to become stale. You don't, and again, I'm just going to tell you what I know. I know as a young person going to the nursing home and seeing those ladies in their wheelchair as a teenager, and they having that necklace around them, and they would hold on to a bead and say, they would, I couldn't hear what they were saying. They would, you could see their lips moving, and then they'd move their finger to another bead. I didn't know what that meant growing up. I didn't realize that they were repeating prayers. Me that, and, and by the way, Roman Catholicism, from what I understand, does repeat the model prayer. But me, it doesn't take away that Christians are supposed to pray the model prayer. Amen. Well, I'm not going to do that because I knew somebody who was Catholic and they repeated it. Just I mean, repetition's not wrong. The Bible says vain repetition is wrong. Right. So for me, I'm going to pray the model prayer every day of my life. And so when I do that, I don't want it to become vain. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And how do you say, Pastor, how do you, how do you pray that every day and make sure that you don't make it become vain? Do you understand that the reason God gave us that prayer, he said, after this manner pray ye, the reason he did that is so that we would never forget some things. When I do a test in my Bible class, my tests are so simple. I teach Bible in high school, junior high and it's always been that. In college, if you've been in college classes, you know it's the same way. I tell you what to study. Did you know that every one of my kids in my Bible class could get 100% on every one of their, uh, every one of their tests because they never take a test not knowing what the blanks are? Yeah. You say, Pastor Hanks, you're too easy. Thank you, but they all don't make 100. Yeah. Can I tell you God's already given you all the answers to your prayer time, but we still don't make 100? Yeah. In other words, when I come to take a test for the kids, I tell them what the blanks are because I know what's important on my test. I want you to know this blank. I want you to know this blank. Underline this word. Circle this word because you're going to see it on a test. Because I tell them what I think is important. When God taught us how to pray, he told us what's important. Our Father which art in heaven, it's important to start your prayer off. God, you're, you're wonderful. You're great. You're good. I don't deserve your kindness to me. But what does he say next? Thy kingdom come. Did you know that every day of your life, God wants you never to forget he's coming again? Interesting to me that he starts the prayer and closes the prayer. How does he close the model prayer? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. All I'm trying to get you to think about this morning, if you're going to be a faithful and wise steward, if you're going to be a servant of servants that God's pleased with, first of all, do your job. Give God's word to somebody. Number two, if you're going to be a faithful and wise steward, then what you must do is you must be thinking about the Lord's coming back. You must be watching and contemplating and and that thought. I I like the message we had not too long ago, James 4. Just another reminder, if the Lord will. What does he say about your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Another reminder of how short life is, but how soon the Lord is coming. If the Lord will. Just for me quickly, now again, How is Jesus' answer to what a faithful and wise steward is, number one, a person who does his job. Number two, a person who looks for the Lord's return. Look at your Bible again, verse 45 again. But and if that servant say in his heart, I think verse 45 is really the opposite. In other words, this is what a, a, a faithful and wise steward doesn't do. All right? he doesn't think about the Lord's return. If you're you're a faithful and wise servant, I'm sorry, if you're a a person who's not a faithful and wise steward, is a person who doesn't think about the Lord's return. But look what else, verse 45. But and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming, and, now there's two ands that I circled in this particular passage. Here's one of them, or verse, here's one of them. Because there's three things mentioned in verse 45. Verse 45, the first one that a person who's not a faithful and wise servant, what he does, he doesn't think about the Lord coming. Second of all, and begin and shall begin to beat the men servants and the maidens. Now you say, Pastor, what does that do with anything? Uh, could, Jesus is giving an earthly story with a, prin- a spiritual principle. What's the earthly story? In those days, they had servants. In those days, they had stewards. In other words, servants over servants. In those days, they had some stewards that, as long as the cat's away, remember the rest of the Bible verse. Cat's away, the it's not a Bible verse, but. Okay. Hey, the boss is gone. Party time! Thank you, Brother Michael. Appreciate you. Amen to me, right there. <laughs> so, if the Lord hasn't come back yet, we're not watching for that. But then He says this, and begin to beat the men servants and maidens. Now, Church, answer my question. Answer my if you don't mind. Answer my question with the simple definition. And remember that the extended definition or the Greek definition of the word steward means a manager, a householder, a distributor. The simple definition of the word steward is what? A servant over servants. Can you say that with me? A servant over servants. That's what we are. My children are not really my children. I'm just a servant over them because I'm the servant over the servant. God's, those are God's children. Now follow me for just a moment here. He says that if, if, a, if you're going to be a faithful and wise steward, you should not be like the kind of guy who's not looking for the Lord's return. You should not be the kind of guy that's not doing his job, but you should not be the kind of guy that is beating the men, servants, and maidens. Now, church, I know we don't physically slap, hit, you know, beat the other servants that are underneath us, but here's the principle. Being impatient with God's servants. That's the principle here. If a steward is a servant over servants... Then why is he beating the men's servants if he's a servant? Are you all with me this morning? Yes. Do you understand that so many times we can become impatient with the household, the opportunity, the position, the, the people that God's given us to serve. Whether it's children or city school class or bus route, people we work with. Sometimes we become impatient and we want to slap them. Yes. I've done that. It doesn't work. We become impatient with the people that God's given us to serve. They're not our servants. They're his servants. And we become impatient with those people. I would like for you to turn over and look at this passage. I think it's in the book of Romans. If you grab your Bible quickly, let me read a couple of verses with you here, if you don't mind. Romans chapter 14. I'm sorry, I was trying to find the scripture reference. Romans chapter 14. I like this verse. Romans 14, look down in verse number 4. Romans 14, verse number 4. Now, we won't read all of it as far as context, but would you read just verse number four? Here's what he says in Romans 14, four. He says, who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. Now, just the first phrase alone, he says, who art thou that judgest another man's servant? In the context of the scripture, here's what he's saying. We are all God's servants, so why are you judging somebody else when it's not your servant? We are God's servants. So when you think about what is a faithful and wise steward, a faithful and wise steward is somebody who is patient with the other servants. Listen to me. You're not here and everybody else down here because of how much money you make. You're not here and everybody else down here because of the position you hold. Don't you find it interesting that by the very definition of the word deacon it means what servant Servant. well you know if i I wish i could be a deacon like like there's some heavenly air about the deacons i just want to tell you there's no heavenly air about our deacons (laughs) amen brother stumfel some churches don't have deacons they have demons i'm thankful we don't have that as a deacon by its true definition is just a servant of servants I mean, do you understand that's what we are every one of us are supposed to be serving people Jesus himself by his example said hey fellas pop pop those feet out here I'm washing them by his very example he says blessed if you do what I've done what was Jesus teaching them Jesus said I am rightfully lord and king but I am your servant Can I just tell you, all of us have lost, if we're not careful, we can lose sight of that, that what we're doing, we get the opportunity, not just the responsibility. We get the opportunity to the people that God's given us to influence in our life, and it's his household, not ours. It's our opportunity that God's given us to be able to work with people, and if we're not careful, oh, I could could strangle this person, not your servant. I wish my kid would wake up well, truthfully, it might be your kid, but it's not your servant. We understand that if we're going to stand before God, and God, as this parable so clearly defines, God says, this is my faithful and wise steward. He, was a, he or she was a servant over servants, and I'm going to tell you why. They did their job by getting the word out. They did their job by watching for my return. They did not their job by being patient with the other servants. Look at the next thing he says in verse number 45. Three of them are in just one verse alone. He says, but and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat his men, servants and maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken. Which is, I, mean, I think the principle that God's trying to teach us here is simply this. Let me ask it this way. How many like to eat? Say amen. amen. How many is ready for lunch? Say Amen. A little too loud there. You're supposed to just, just light one, amen? Uh, eat and drink and be drunken. Me, the eye of eating and drinking and being drunken, God adds that third word, drunken. That word drunken, in most cases, means intoxication. It means to fulfill a gratification of the flesh. Now, church, I mean, there's a lot of gratification of the flesh. It's not just drinking alcohol. There's a gratification of the flesh when we sleep. If you get too much... There's a gratification of the flesh when it comes to eating if you eat too much. I think what God's trying to teach us here is that if we're going to be a faithful and wise steward, we cannot live for the gratification of the flesh. We're supposed to be living in the spirit, not the flesh. Are you with me so far? So here's what he's trying to say If I'm going to be a faithful and wise steward, I can't live for what I enjoy, I live for what he enjoys. I don't live for what I can get, I live for what he has given that the christian life is not live me first my christian life is supposed to be lived for him first what, what is that that's a faithful and wise steward it's a servant over servants that want to do god's will over their own we talked about this in Sunday school because we're talking about the fruit of the spirit right now as far as uh, it doesn't say fruits plural it says fruit singular so that means all of the fruit Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. The nine graces of the Christian life are just a piece of the pie. Each one is not their own. It's part of being a spirit-filled Christian. You know what makes a wise and faithful steward? A spirit-filled Christian, not a fleshly-filled Christian. Quickly, here's the last one this morning. I want you to see in this. I know it's normally three points, but Jesus had more than three here. Look what he says next here. Uh, I'm going to read verse 46 and on through verse 48. 48 is where we're trying to get to. Verse 46 says, And the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looked not for him, and at an hour when he's not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, I underline the word knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did it according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Verse 48, so verse 47, a person who didn't know his Lord's will, I'm sorry, it says he knew his Lord's will and didn't do his will, many stripes. Verse 48, but he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. Now, let me just stop and quickly say this thought. You are not gonna get away with God by just saying I didn't know. He that didn't know, few stripes. He that didn't know his Lord's will, many stripes. You've been driving down the road, police officer pull you over. And when he say, uh, "Did you know you were speeding, officer?" I had no idea I was speeding. He said, "Well, I'm going to give you a ticket anyway because you should have known." Amen. What do you mean I should have known? There's a speed limit sign. Mm-hmm. Hey, Christian, you can't stand before God and say I didn't know. You're holding a book this morning. It's called Holy Bible. Amen. It's your speed limit sign. Amen. I mentioned it here not too long ago, and it's so true. My kids get the idea that it's okay to go five miles over on the speed limit. And they say, well, Dad, you used to do that. And, well, I don't do it anymore. Go to the speed limit. It's almost like those are suggestions. Church family, the Bible is not a suggestion. It's a command. Do you understand that God's told us how we're supposed to live our life? Now, here's the last thought I want you to see. Look at the rest of the verse, verse number 40, uh, 48. Verse 48 says this. For unto whomsoever much is given, talking about the steward, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Hey, church family, you know what a faithful and wise steward is? A person you can ask more of. Now, you could take the first part of the, that to whom much is given, much is required. What's a faithful and wise steward? A person who's going to be required much. We could say that, we could do that. But it's interesting to me, church family, that when you have somebody who's a faithful and wise steward, you don't mind asking them to do more. Me, I want to tell you something. Uh, I've had staff members before. They are, their, their plate is so full. But I know I can ask them to do something else because they're still going to get it done. Amen. Can I tell you something? God's looking at you spiritually. He's thinking, okay, he knows your plate's full. You're working 40 to 60 hours a week. He knows your plate's full. You're trying to take care of your family. He knows your plate's full. You've got all the honeydew do list that you have to take care of. He knows your plate's full. He knows you're trying to do partly ministry. But can I just tell you something? A faithful and wise steward, can always be asked to do more. Ah, I just don't have the time. Hey church, I mean, we don't like to admit it, but we have the time for what we want to make time for. You say, I know some of you are thinking to yourself, I, I just don't have the time. If we took your schedule last week and we went through every minute of, you, of what you had to do, there were some things you did just because you wanted to do them. You know why because you chose to this is not a guilt trip this is not to say you should be you know bless god we're putting you on a time clock at the church what are you doing that's not what i'm talking about what i'm talking about is your god in heaven is looking down to say okay all you are is a servant over servants and i want to tell you what a faithful servant does he can be asked the more he can be asked the more I don't have time to go sowing. I don't have time to get up early to read my Bible. I don't have time to go down to the church and help. Wait a second here. A faithful and wise steward, guess what? God says to whom much is given, much is required. Hey, what a blessing to think about that God has blessed us with a household, an area of responsibility, a people that he's given us to influence. And God says, because I've given you that responsibility, much is required of you. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what a faithful and wise steward does. Principle, we're all servants. Principle, some of us are stewards. Principle, I'm either a wise and faithful steward or I'm not. I want to be a wise and faithful steward. So what do I do? I just do my job. Give God's word out. I want to be a wise and faithful steward. I want to look for his return. I want to be a wise and faithful steward. I'm going to be patient with God's people. I want to be a wise and faithful steward. I don't want to gratify my flesh. I want to be a wise and faithful steward. I want God to be able to ask the more. What more is God asking of you? Hey, listen, you can do it. God's not going to ask you to do something that you're not able to do. Most of the time he's asked us to do things we just don't want to do. Tonight, or this morning, would you just say, Lord, I want to be be that wise and faithful steward. Thank you for letting me be a servant of servants. Father, help me to be a servant to those servants. And Lord, may you be able to say, I'm wise and faithful. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning?